With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Check out the Full Press Hockey Podcast with Jim Berenger. The best in the business. It's going to be great.
everyone. Welcome to the Full Press NHL Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Berenger, the voice of Full Press Hockey. You can get this on iTunes, Spotify, and Full Press coverage on YouTube as well. I'm joined by Rob Simpson. Met him down at the 2023 NHL Draft. Seattle Kraken Insider, Vancouver Canucks Insider, an overall great hockey mind. Also, check out his book wherever you can find it, Heavy Lifting. Great read. I've read it multiple times. I love it. I'm just so glad to have Simmer on the podcast today. Thanks, Jim. Great to be here. Uh, lots of things happening since the NHL draft, since we last talked in person. Uh, but I want to start up one of the teams you cover very well, the Seattle Kraken. They had a great season last year. Exceeded a lot of people's expectations. But what about inside that room? Did they exceed their expectations? Well, the thing about the the room that surprises a lot of people for what was a second year going on third year franchise is just all the experience that they had. Uh, Like when you compare them to the Canucks, who right now have one former Stanley Cup winner in Ian Cole, the the Seattle Kraken basically have, I think now it's at seven, seven former Cup winners. An unbelievable amount of leadership in there. Jordan Eberle, Jaden Schwartz, Adam Larson, uh, even though he doesn't have a Cup. Uh, just a lot of great leadership qualities. Uh, Yanni Gord, who's won a couple. They added Brian Dumoulin, who's coming off a, a tough year, but he's also a cup winner this season along the blue line. So that really helped. And Matty Beneers, who won the Calder Trophy as a rookie, is a character kid. So uh, they look good there. Um, so the room is is terrific. They didn't even have a captain. In fact, we just got into this whole discussion yesterday with John Forslund, the TV voice, about you know, who's going to be the captain? Do they even need a captain? Because, you know, share the wealth. Just let it keep going until Matty Beneers is ready. So we'll see what happens. But they were also very healthy, Jim. Uh, one of the things people overlook, uh, last year they, they added Bjorkstrand, Martin Jones, and Nett. They added Andre Burakovsky. They added Justin Schultz. And, of course, then Matty Beneers emerges. So that's basically five new faces that made a big difference last season. But to go with that, they stayed remarkably healthy. And they stayed remarkably healthy on the blue line. I, I know Grubauer and Nett was out for a bit, and Martin Jones filled out, filled in very admirably. But you had guys playing 82 games along the blue line. I think they had three different players pull that off, and then a, another guy, at uh, Vince Dunn, played 81. So you're not going to have that happen every season. That was a bit unusual, and they took advantage of it. So a lot of things working in their favor last year for the Kraken. You mentioned Matty Beneers, and, and I've heard uh, Eddie Olchek talk about this too. Beneers being there, just he brought like a he brought a different edge to this team, and he made this team faster. Did you see that as well? Yeah, and he's also just extremely tenacious. So you got a first, you got a kid who's playing. I mean, this is not unusual. We see superstars come up for various teams, obviously, and, and take command of hockey clubs. But Beneers was the first line center. He's on the first power play unit. He's an incredibly tenacious penalty killer and just a, a charismatic player. Actually, it's funny. Dave Haxtell, the head coach, the thing postseason or during the season, he talks more about Beneers than anything else is his personality and his charisma and his presence. It's not even so much about his skill set. So that tells you a lot about the team's mindset and how they approach things character-wise and, and in the room and everything. So, yeah, Beneers uh, made a big impression. The big thing for him getting stronger. And he brought it up because I, I literally need to put on some weight. 
because he did get tossed around a little bit. You going into puck battles in the corners on that four check, um, and he can get he can get bounced around a wee bit. But uh, I think he's going to try to bulk up a little bit and just continue to improve down continue down the track he's on right now. Entering his second season, do we expect him to continue his point progression this year? I mean, I know there's always this sophomore slump, but a kid like Beniers, I just don't feel like he's going to fall into that category. No, I think he's going to be fine. I, I would expect he'll continue to progress uh, down the road that he's headed. I see no reason for a drop-off, again, based on the fact that he's going to be stronger and maybe a little big, bit bigger and healthier uh, and heftier. Yes. Uh, so that might help him out. The question mark is any of the other prospects going to continue their their progress. Um, you know, Shane Wright, fourth overall pick for 2022, is just not there yet. And the dream vision was lefty Beneers at one, right, right, a right-handed centerman right behind him. Nice balance, two young guys like, holy smokes, this is unbelievable. But Wright's just not there there yet. Uh, there's a couple other prospects that might make an impact. Tim uh, Ty Cartier, who scored a couple goals in the playoffs, showed up and is a plays a tough game on the wing. He might, you know, ruffle some feathers in training camp. And then Riker Evans, they have this outstanding young 21-year-old left shot defenseman who was phenomenal in Coachella Valley with the Firebirds in the American Hockey League and was incredible in the postseason of the Calder Cup playoffs. So we'll see if he uh, can shake things up a little bit. You mentioned Coachella Valley. You mentioned the Calder Cup. Joey Decor, he gets his new deal He's basically the backup now for who, who's there now. Who's the starter? Philip Grubauer, right? Grubauer's yeah. there. So he's the he's the backup now. I mean, that's a huge signing for this team because he played so well in the AHL last year. Well, he's not guaranteed the backup, but I think a lot of people are thinking they're going to go that way or he's going to take it because Chris Drieger is back from his knee injury, right? So he came back kind of towards the end of last season. But at that point, Martin Jones was finishing out a very good season uh, as the backup, uh, as a kind of a one-off. And they kind of just said, okay, Chris, just hang out here and we'll see what happens next season. So you're going to have a healthy competition. It Salary cap, it's kind of a wash. So if Decord beats them out and they have to send Drieger down, um, they, they get a 1.1, about a $1.1 million saving off of his contract, which is essentially what they're paying. It, it bounces out. It's what they right. record for his spot. So whichever guy wins, it's going to cost them about the same amount of money. So that's a pretty good mindset to have. You got Grubauer, who actually improved as the season went on, finished very strong at the end of the regular season, had a good playoffs, not a great playoffs, didn't steal any games, but played pretty damn well in the postseason. So you have him, and he's under contract for a few more years. It's going to be a good, healthy competition without salary cap implications between Joey Decord and Chris Drieger. And if it was up to me, if you kind of go with your gut, as you've just pointed out, Jim, I do believe they would be leaning towards Decord. Is is that more of a, a waivers thing, too, with him? Because are they afraid to lose him on waivers if they have to put him through the a, to, through the waivers and to the AHL? Decord, that is? Yeah, it depends on, yeah, well, it's all going to depend on what happens coming out of training camp. Right, yeah, exactly. And I don't think they're going to mind it if it's Drieger, because if nobody plucks him, 
And the league's, you know, the league's, people are always looking for goalies. They're always looking for backup goalies. They're yeah. always be like help needed. Yeah. Um, but if he, but if he sneaks through, then, um, you know, he'd be playing in Coachella Valley. Jaden Schwartz, uh, you know, he, you talked about it last year. Everybody was healthy. He was back too. And he had a nice season for the team. Like they were adding a lot of bodies back from the year before where guys, it always seemed like somebody was going out of the lineup. He had a really good season for the Kraken. Yeah, uh, he did, and he's still a little dinged up. And in his exit interview in May, we're chatting with him because he did sit out most morning skates and missed a few practices. And it was like, oh, so for a while it became kind of routine, you know, morning skate questions with Dave Axel, what's going on with Schwartz, how's Schwartz, what's wrong with Schwartz. Um, But it turns out it was kind of just a routine with him, and he did have some nagging issues. So he was like, you know what, I'm just going to take a maintenance day. And he did that on a regular basis. I would think that he would probably end up uh, making his way back uh, this season and being kind of be more part of the the team routine. He kind of made it sound that way. But, yeah, uh, here's a guy that, along with Vince Dunn, they both won Stanley Cups with the St. Louis Blues in uh, 2019. And last year he ends up with a 40-point season and 21 goals. Um, he missed 11 games last season. So um, he's just one of those guys. They they got unbelievable depth and balance up front from those veterans. Uh, Eberle and McCann. Well, McCann was the leading scorer again two years yeah. ago. Uh, yeah. He's yeah, been he, unbelievable. Yeah. Knocked out of the playoffs with the, the Kale McCarr hit. It was interesting to watch, by the way, Climate Pledge Arena, Seattle, seeing Kale McCarr booed every time he touched the puck. Oh, he's such yeah, a stalwart player and such a great kid and all that, but he's competitive. And um, he was taking the heat, and I think it made him uncomfortable for a, for a little while. Uh, Bet- Bednar had to talk to him a little bit about that, I think. Uh, that, that topic of discussion came up during the postseason when that first happened. But anyway, I actually saw him lose the national championship game in Buffalo to UMD when he was playing for UMass, so it was at that game, his last college game, and they had a big goodbye for him and all that. But uh, UMD was just too damn good for UMass. He tried to get it done on his own, but there was no way. Um, but I remember talking to him that he's a solid kid, and I think he was a little shaken up uh, by the booing. Well, you speak of Climbing Pledge Arena. I mean, the Kraken, just incredible at home. I mean, they just, for like the, early on, it felt like they would never lose there. I mean, I know they did, but like, that building is loud. And then you mentioned that they made Kel McCarr uncomfortable. When you do that to a top player in the league, you have truly home ice advantage. And I was so impressed during the playoffs with the Kraken and their upset of Colorado. I actually had picked them against Colorado because I wasn't sure what we were nice. going to get for, for Colorado. I was like, you know, what? I'm going to go out on a limb here. The Kraken, I like what they're doing. They're playing smart hockey, good defensive hockey. Why not? Right. Hey, if they don't win, all right, so what? But if I think the, they really frustrated Colorado, and they almost had a chance to do it against Dallas, too. Yep, came down to game seven. They ended up basically one goal short. Uh, yeah, the Colorado series was was fascinating. Of course, Jordan Eberle's overtime goal in game four kind of blew the roof out that building, and that was that's the moment thus far in the team's short two-year history that was that was pretty crazy um you know they they weren't consistent at home during the regular season but as time moved along they got stronger and then in the postseason they were 
strongest, even though they did pull off a couple of nice road victories in the postseason as well. Um, in terms of fan support, it was the strongest. In terms of energy, it was the strongest in the postseason. So they're starting to kind of establish that vibe, win or lose. Um, they, they're getting amazing energy. It is a great building, great acoustics, and uh, just kind of great viewpoints from everywhere as well. There's there's no bad sight lines. It's it's, it's very kind of a community environment, and it's good. There's good depth or uh, steepness to kind of the setup. Yeah, I mean that's one of those buildings I got to get over to. Uh, got to put it on my list of West Coast trips when I, I got to get out there. Seattle, see that one. Vegas, obviously. But you mentioned Dave Haxtell before, and I know there was a lot of criticism in Philadelphia when he first came up. What has he done in Seattle that he that's changed from his time in Philadelphia that he didn't have there, or is it you know maturity, whatever it is? It's like we've we're seeing the Dave Haxtell we saw when he was coaching in college. This is the guy everybody wanted when they when he came to Philly. What's been working with for him? You know what's funny about Dave Haxtell is actually his his uh, performance in Philadelphia is a little bit underrated, believe it or not. And I'm not going to make excuses for him, but I am kind of making excuses for him because the franchise was kind of going through that transition that they're going still going through, and it's it sounds like it's a bigger mess now. Um, and he caught the early part of it, and he caught a young netminder Carter Hart, who was a little had a little bit of the legend of his legend in his own mind thing going on, and I don't know if that's still the case, but it was then. And so he had a difficult young goaltender to work with. You've got uh, just things in flux, and he actually took that club to the playoffs the one season. Um, I don't remember. I know he had a winning record in Philadelphia. Uh, it, it just wasn't the right time or place for him. I think he tried to do what he could. But he, here, here's what it comes down to, Jim, and, and every single NHL coach will tell you with this, regardless of their style of coaching, and that is if you get buy-in, that's half the battle. So in other words, if they're buying what you're selling and you get the team around you, it starts to roll and you get some momentum going. If they believe in what you're doing and believe in what you're saying and that doesn't take long to figure out whether that's going to happen, and that ties us right back to your first question, Jim, about team leadership and and buy-in and character and everybody kind of coming together. That's what the Kraken got. So he, there, you got a veteran group, a core buying what the coach is selling. Well, then obviously everyone else is going to come along. The younger guys are going to go along because the older guys are going along. They're buying in. Everybody's buying it, and that again is half the battle. If you can get everybody on the same page early on you're cooking and then you can kind of ride those waves because obviously every season's uh, it's a roller coaster ride no matter what team you are you're going to have crappy moments and you got to forget about those and you also got to forget about when you're riding high because you start to pick up bad habits and you get a little goofy and you have to reset so over the long course of that season it's a matter of consistency and buy-in and and I think that that's what Dave Haxtell got. He's a pretty level-headed guy. He's not going to show a lot of emotion on the bench. He doesn't scream and yell. He doesn't rant and rave. He doesn't draw attention to himself. It's an even keel. Uh, that That's his presentation. And that's his same presentation with the media as well. He's he's not going to go out on a limb. Um, so I think the team kind of bought into that consistency, and they like that even keel. Uh, I read one of your recent articles about the defense, uh, the defense core for Seattle. One of the players in particular, Adam Larson, you know, he was a New Jersey Devils draft pick. Development in New Jersey, not the greatest, but he's come into his own. 
in Edmonton, but now especially in Seattle. What have you seen from Adam Larson that has really impressed you? He's just a stalwart. And by the way, I'm looking over your shoulder at some pretty damn good defense. But I know Danny, I know uh, Danico pretty well there. Kenny is a great guy. And Scotty Stevens, I've talked to him many, many occasions. Of course, Nita Meyer, one of the great skating defensemen ever and all around talents. But what a wall you got there. Um, yeah, Adam Larson, uh, amazing season. Again, Played 82 games, so health is a huge factor. He's a banger. He's a sturdy guy. He's a quiet guy. He's actions speak louder than words guy, which that's it. I mean, that's ultimately what it comes down to. He's not afraid, obviously, to mix things up physically. Great partnership, uh, yin and yang, frickin' frack with uh, Vince Dunn, who – Piled up some points last season, second leading scorer on the team. Uh, I think 64 points for Dunn last year. And not to be overlooked in that, uh, you know, Larson ended up with close to 40, somewhere in the mid, mid-30s. So um, he did a little bit of everything and showed a little dangle on a couple of breakaways last year as well in finishing. So Adam Larson, just a strong character, strong physical player who uh, at age 30, um, he's found his game and uh, looking forward to seeing what it does this season. Yeah, I know that was like the big thing. Like everybody, I think there was just so much expectations on him when he came in with New Jersey. And again, situation, you talked about it with Hackstall when he came into Philadelphia, just the situation with New Jersey, what they were doing. They weren't sure how they were going to use him, develop him. I mean, when he got with Stevens and he got with Robinson, you could see the what they drafted was there. It, it just took a change of scenery for him to get it. And I've really loved what Adam Larson has done. I'm so happy for him, the way he's performing in Seattle. And then, of course, in Edmonton as well, before he went to Seattle. Yeah, and for a lot of guys, change of scenery helps. And it's about chemistry, and it's just about situations and moments. And he's in a good one right now. Uh, that defense going forward. Do we expect them to be as physical as they were last season? Because they looked like they were tough to play against. Well, they lose they lose one big body. I mean, Jamie Alexiak, I don't know if people realize how big this guy is. Oh, he's big. So, I mean, Larson's a physical player. Uh, Jamie Alexiak is a beast. I mean, Tyler Myers up in Vancouver is six, seven, six, eight. He's he's just an inch, inch and a half away from being as tall as the tallest player ever, Zidane Chara. Tyler Myers is a big boy, 250-whatever pounds. Alexiak's right there. This is a six, seven, two fifty 250-ish kind of guy. He's a big, they call him Big Rig, kind of like Patrick Maroon. Um, big body there. They lose Carson Soucy. He moves on to Vancouver, which is fascinating. Um, has taken extra strides. And has found his game, actually, and goes via free agency up to Vancouver, where he hopes to take on a bigger role, see some more ice time. But the problem for Susie there is he's going to be under the microscope. We're in Seattle. It's like, oh, okay, great. La-di-da, let's play hockey. Vancouver, it's going to be not so la-di-da. It's going to be like, uh, what was that all about on a daily basis in terms of evaluation and scrutiny? So that'll be new for him. Also interesting to see who he plays with. So, but they lose Susie, good, decent sized body. Not to be underrated on that as your your topic uh, on that blue line for the Kraken is Will Borgen. Speaking of guys who 
came into their own a bit and uh, established their game, took it to the next level, was healthy. I think maybe played all 82 games. I'd have to check, but pretty damn close if he didn't. And he's a big guy, quiet guy, who actually has a nasty side to him. So sprinkle that through that blue line core, and uh, that's what you're looking at. you got a veteran, Brian Dumoulin, who's trying to have a bounce-back year. And if he doesn't, as I might have mentioned much earlier, um, Riker Evans is a outstanding lefty who guarantee is ready to roll right in there if, if they need him. You mentioned guys that have left. Uh, one to me that was a big surprise that he didn't qualify was Morgan Geeky. I was really, really shocked when that happened. I don't know if you were. Is that going to be a big loss for this team? Because he seems like he could have a sneaky good season in Boston. Yeah, I mean, you could say the same thing about Daniel Sprong, too. Yeah. And, uh, Detroit, both guys had decent years. It's just a matter of, I think it just comes down to cash and play, keeping the consistency of, of the cash flow, even though the cap hopefully goes up next season, they have a little more room to operate. All teams could say that. But, yeah, there's that did surprise people a little bit. Um I don't know. We're not inside the room. I mean, we get a feel for it, but we don't know. I could see Spronger moving on. When you consider the season he had, uh, Daniel Sprong, I'm not surprised and from a chemistry standpoint. Um, not going to speculate or get too deeply into it, but because um, he really had a an astounding year. If you he did. It. He really did. So, um Good for him, though. Took advantage of it. Now now he gets an opportunity at the Red Wings. You know, it's kind of that you see it all over the league. You, you see it a ton in Vancouver the last couple of years. You just kind of roll through that bottom tier and hope you find the group that becomes the group. And neither of these clubs are necessarily there yet. Yeah. Uh, real quick, you know, we saw it with Vegas, right? They came into the league or the final. And we see that the approach that they've taken, like the, uh, Kelly McCrimmon and then George McPhee before that. It's a business. They're in the winning business. They go after everybody. Would Seattle and Ron Francis have altered their plans if they had gone even further in the playoffs? Or were they going to just stick to the plan that they've put in place since day one because that's what they wanted to do? They seem to be riding their plan because come deadline time, we were speculating, ooh, or even ahead of that. I think chicken was available ahead of that. And I was like, boy, it'd be kind of nice to add a little depth along the blue line right now, have a little security back there because somebody's going to get dinged up. And even though they didn't really lose anybody in the regular season or playoffs, again, highly unusual. I was thinking about what about bringing in a veteran D-man. I remember asking Vince Dunn that question right before the deadline. And he, and he kind of was like, yeah, you know, we would embrace someone coming in. You know, he was kind of getting at what I was saying. Like, couldn't you add a little push off the wing here? Maybe add a little scoring punch or a little depth along the blue line. And nope, they just, they're sticking to their guns and they're rolling this out with the long term in, in mind. Um, so they didn't, they didn't go too crazy, obviously. Yeah, obviously they, they have not. And it seems like everybody's picking them to be either back in the playoffs, near the playoff mix again. Do you expect them to be there again? I mean, obviously training camps around the corner. We haven't played the season. It's August going into September. 
But the way the Kraken are right now, we expect them to be in a similar position they were last year. I think they're going to be in a similar position where they're battling for one of those, like the five to 10, excuse me, I was just talking to Jack Michaels, the TV radio guy for, for Edmonton a little bit ago. He kind of sees that five to 10 space in the Western conference is pretty wide open. And I haven't talked to the central division people too much yet. I'm planning to talk to Paul Edmonds tomorrow, the voice of the Winnipeg jets about to get a feel for what the hell they're doing. Um, and you know you got the Nashvilles, you got all these teams that are kind of in that middle hunk. So I mean, we can talk about the Pacific Division and and, and blast. You know, Vancouver are they going to be better? If Thatcher Demko is not healthy, bye bye. Yeah, so it's ultimately going to come down to him as it has in the last couple of seasons. But they, I think they're a threat this season uh, with the with Tockett and with a couple of the bodies they've added. Um, so they're they'll be in that mix. The Central Division teams will be in that mix if it comes down to a wild card, if the Kraken can't sneak in divisionally. So I think it's going to be a hell of a test. I think they're going to – no one's going to – they're not going to surprise anybody. Everybody knows what they were capable of and what they are capable of this time around. Um, And so no surprises. I think it's going to be tough. I think they're going to be right near the bubble this season. That's what my – prediction is for the Seattle Kraken. I don't think they're going to be blowing anybody's doors off. They're going to play Kraken hockey, hopefully win more home games this year than they did last year if, for their sake, if they want to get in. And uh, I'll put them right around that. I'll put them right around that bubble, right? Kind of in that six to 10 zone. Yeah, that that's where I have them as well. And you say Seattle has a plan. From an outsider's perspective, it doesn't seem like Vancouver has a plan. What, what's going on with the Canucks? <laughs> what's going on with the Canucks? Well, it you're they. Ha- I think they have a plan. They seem to have a plan. Um, the The issue for them is is that the transition has been kind of dragged out because they're still seemingly kind of unfolding things from a salary cap standpoint and from a personnel standpoint from the, from the Jim Benning regime and no clearer picture to that than the fact they bought out Oliver Ekman Larson out of his huge deal, uh, four years remaining. And he was just two years played two seasons played in Vancouver when he came in and they made the deal, they brought Connor Garland with them, and it was like, it's not a bad deal. Benning shed some contract, dumped the contracts on Arizona like everybody else does, um, brought in OEL, brought in Garland, and it looked pretty good. And the question was, can OEL keep it going? Where's his game? We expected a bounce back last year. It wasn't necessarily there. He was going to be that left guy stalwart under Quinn Hughes. And they ended up buying him out. So that's that's a jolt. You have to kind of fix that issue. Um, they're still presently before, you know, you don't have to be under the cap or at the cap until the season starts. They're over right now, but they do have some long-term injury reserve situations to deal with. Tanner Pearson and Tucker Pullman. Tucker Pullman's career is basically over. I uh, don't know what uh, Pearson's status is. So, I mean, they're they're still kind of, Unpeeling back all the layers of the onion that were left over from from Jim Benning, uh, he was fired with Travis Green, who's now a New Jersey associate coach, by the way, um, in December. 
of 2021. It's not really that, it's not even two years ago. And there's still some guys, Brock Besser's paid too much money. Let's face it, six million plus. He's got this season and next. There's just some weird contracts. Finally, Tyler Myers is in the final year of a six-year deal. People have been bitching and moaning about that for, for years. So there's all these things that are still lingering, and they're just kind of plug and play. And the bottom six is a plug and play up front, and they've maybe added some strength along the blue line. And then you've got an outstanding goalie, Demko, if he's healthy. If he's healthy, and that's the big key for Demko. What about the JT Miller contract? You know, do you think they should have traded him or was the extension good enough because he had such a great year? And then you heard all this talk about, oh, he's going, this team wants him, that team wants him. And then all of a sudden the extension comes. Yeah, It's like, what, was, what's the deal there? I was never part of the trade argument. I didn't understand it, especially during his 99-point season two two seasons ago. He's leading the team in scoring. Bruce Boudreaux had him rolling. They were making a run to the playoffs. Why the hell would you trade him, especially when he had a full year left on his contract? It, that was not the time or place. It was just the typical chatter in Vancouver. Much of it didn't make any sense, and so oftentimes it doesn't, but it's just there. Uh, I don't. I I like his style of play. I he's an emotional guy. He's a fiery guy. He, you know, sometimes the um, the metric, not the metrics, but the, the eye test seems a little iffy. But it's just him. Um, he does get a little pissy at times and might throw a puck away here or there out of anger or frustration. But it's a guy who's physically tough. He'll fight. He'll hit. He'll do whatever he has to do, and he's ultra competitive, and he just wants to get this damn team to the playoffs. Um, I've seen him all the way back to juniors. I was in Ufa, Russia. I watched him win a world uh, junior championship for Team USA with, uh, you know, Seth Jones and John Gibson. and What a loaded team. Ghost, uh, uh, Gostas Bear and that whole, that whole posse. Jimmy, Jimmy Vesey was on that team. Johnny uh, Hockey was on that Johnny team. Johnny Hockey was on that team. So I, I, I kind of got a taste of it then. And um, so I kind of knew what to expect. And I, I don't have any problems with the guy. I, I think every team needs that kind of guts and fierceness. And despite what the media implies, he seems to get along fine with everyone there. The question mark would be more Petey. Elias Pettersson, is he yes. is he ready to say goodnight? Because he's just got done with interviews in Sweden. Um, and the Sportsnet guy here talked to uh, Pat Brisson at Creative Artists at CAA, his agent. And they were like, no, nope, we're going to hold off. No contract talks because it expires next summer. So that will be chat, chat, blah, blah. All season long, if it won't be every day, probably every week and for sure every month, we're going to hear about it because the closer it gets and the farther it goes, the more nervous everybody's going to get. If they come out to a slow start, if they suck for a month or or, or in some kind of trouble by Christmas and New Year's, it's going to be full on. Oh my God, is PD leaving? And it wouldn't surprise me if he does. If if he if he did. I mean, I don't know what's going on inside his head. I don't know what's going on personally, obviously. But to me, it could go either way. He might say, you know what? I wouldn't mind uh, where I'm at right now. 
getting out of here and sign a big fat deal with a team that's got a chance at winning a Stanley Cup. And uh, we'll see. We'll, we're just going to wait and see with 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 Pedersen. They're not. Gonna, I don't think they'll be naming him captain. No signed contract. It looks like Quinn Hughes would be the favorite in that department. J.T. Miller would be another, but I think they'll probably go younger with the superstar defenseman because Quinn Hughes is essentially a superstar who um, doesn't get a, as much attention as anybody as the as the others out east. Yeah, for sure. The other two brothers in New Jersey, uh, Jack and and Luke Hughes, yeah. and other They're, and other blue liners. That, yeah. You know, Exactly. I mean, obviously, Eric Carson was playing in San Jose and got plenty of attention, but then again, he had a hundred plus points. Right. But Quinn Hughes wasn't that far behind and is an incredible player. The, well, he, had Luke, the, the, he had Luke Chen riding shotgun protecting him last year. And now he's going to, I guess, a combination of Myers and Susie if Susie plays the offside. Right. I mean, the, the, the running joke is, but well, before the Pac 12 goes out of business and becomes the Pac 4. 12 and uh, four in college football. The joke was pack 12 after dark. And it's like, well, Pacific division after dark. If you, if you're not a diehard, you're not watching these guys, but I agree. Quinn Hughes is one of those star defensemen in the league. Uh, real quick, staying with Pedersen. What do you think he wants in terms of dollars? I know he's come out and said, Hey, you know what? I just want to play it out. And he looks like the guy that won the Calder trophy again. Like yeah. he really did last year. He finally over his injuries, everything. And he looks like that, that player again. Could he demand 12? I mean, 10? I was going to say 12. He probably could get 12 if he wanted to. Uh, but do you think $10 million is reasonable? Because I think if he stays in Vancouver, he's got to be the highest paid player, wouldn't you think? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I think 10 is definitely within range. I think if he continues down the path, uh, I mean, last year he was, he was just, he's a tantalizing <laughs> player to watch. Like he's worth, he's one of the guys worth the price of admission. I mean, he's not going to crush anybody. He's not that kind. You're not going to watch him beat anybody up or get beat up. You're watching him to dangle. You're watching him make plays with the eyes in the back of his head type thing, skate. He's an underrated two-way player. He'll work hard. He's a diligent player, but he's a super creative player, a super talented player. He's also a superstar. So, they, I mean, they have the Canucks have a star up front, a star on the blue line, and a star goaltender when he's healthy. To build around, they have each position. They have a, basically a superstar for the most part in all those spots, and PD is that. So yes, um, unless something sidetracks him, unless he gets hurt, unless something weird happens, you got to remember when he two years ago, what, right before Benning and Green got fired, he and Hughes held out a training camp, didn't have contracts, weren't playing with weren't ready to start the season, didn't have contracts. They signed right at the beginning of October and, you know, whatever it was, a week, 10 days later, the season started and he just, and he still, it was coming off a hand injury and wasn't himself. And as the team got off to lousy start, he got off to a lousy start. He's like, oh my God, what's wrong with Petey? Okay. Well, last year he was pretty damn good the whole way through. The team got off to the crap start and bye-bye Bruce Boudreaux. So there's another thing. If you want to compare the two franchises, is you know, Hackstall's been here since the inaugural season. The team's gotten stronger since I've been hanging out in Vancouver. I've seen, uh, I've seen, I've seen greener, um, and then that didn't last very long. Uh, Bruce Boudreaux, what a freaking roller coaster that was! Oh, unbelievable! On top of the world, 
Bruce, there it is. Bruce, there it is. And Gabby and I are going to be doing some little mini shows together, it looks like, here on occasion, talking about the Canucks and about the NHL. We'll see what how that rolls out. But anyway, he goes through all that, and then he gets fired, and then talk comes in. A different look. Again. Yeah. So it's been inconsistent, but one thing consistent throughout all that, other than that weird start with the injury and the and the holdout, not, you don't want to call it a holdout. They, I mean, they signed before the season, um, but the delay for Petey is he's been incredible and he's getting better and better as time goes by. So yes, big dinero for uh, Pedersen. It won't be in New Jersey. No, that's for sure. It won't no, be that's in not, New York. Yeah, that's for sure. Won't be the New York Rangers unless something else unfolds that surprises us. Um, I don't know where the Islanders are at, but I don't see Lou doing no. it. No, nope. no cash. Not, you know. Not his so, style of game either. No, I don't see that happening. So, But there's a lot of other opportunities if, if PD decides to move east. And uh, I don't know. It, we'll see. It just depends. Check back on New Year's Day and see where the if the Canucks have screwed up yet another season in October or November. Yeah, exactly, because that's usually where teams screw things up, October and November. That's so Buffalo, yep. Ottawa, Vancouver, so many teams, that's where you lose. You don't you know, what's the old saying? You can't make the playoffs in October and November, but you can put yourself behind mm-hmm. the eight ball and yeah. lose. Yeah. Uh but you mm-hmm. mentioned Rick Tockett, right? He comes in, that whole mess with Bruce Boudreaux and all that stuff. Is he the right guy? Can he get with a full season now? Can he get this team like playing the way he wants it? Because we saw flashes last year of what this team can do under Tockett. Training camp, offseason, whole thing. Can we can the Canucks like embrace that? Oh. Jimmy baby, that's the million dollar <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. Million dollar question. And I realize it's a different style, a different approach, different personality, obviously, than Bruce Boudreaux. But let me just tell you two things that have repeated themselves, okay? Here's one. After the previous season, with the push to the playoffs that fell just short with Bruce Boudreaux, all the talk, oh, my God, here's the new coach. Look at how the season ended. Can't wait for this season to start. This is going to be great. He's going to pick up where he left off. We're going to rock and roll out of the gates, and here we go. This is going to be fantastic. No. The other second thing, well, no, let's stick with that theme. Rick Tockett comes in. Oh, look, he's got them playing together as a team. They got a whole new attitude. Look at how great this is. Oh, my God, these guys. Yeah, they didn't make the playoffs, but, boy, they they sure look good there. And look at all these guys there. (laughs) So offseason, here we come around. Rick Target. Oh, this is great. These guys are going to be on their game. I think he's got them, you know, uh, credibility and accountability. That's the big word, accountability. Yeah. Um, oh, I can't wait. This is going to be great. We got the new co- – okay. So we're, we're going to start this with a different guy, a different personality, a different thing. But it's the same thing again. And hand in hand with that, exactly the same. A year ago at this time with Boudreaux, we were writing, wouldn't it be a disaster if the Canucks didn't make the playoffs? After the Benning thing, the greener to Boudreaux and how they improved under Boudreaux, we came around a year ago right now. Oh, my God. Oh, come on. This is this is it. They got, they got everything together. Look at the new bodies they brought in, a couple new bodies. 
Um, you know, it'd be a disaster if they didn't make it. I think I just saw somebody write that two weeks ago. What a disaster. Wouldn't it be a disaster with the new coach if the Canucks didn't make the playoffs? That's same. It's just the same thing over again. Only It's the same thing, only different. And you just hope all the chemistry and this bottom six, whatever it is, fits together and the new bodies fit together and, and Demko stays healthy. You know what makes a great coach a great coach? Great goaltending. Yes. Yes, it does. I mean, look, Demko, we've seen what he did. We saw what he did in the bubble. I think he got the nickname. I think that's where the phrase came, bubble Demko. Like, he was just on fire. He frustrated the Vegas Golden Knights. Like, the Canucks could have gone to the Western Conference Final. But defensively, to me, I think they still have – it's kind of an area of weakness. I mean, you could call it a weakness. I don't think it is kind of. I think it is an area of weakness. I think they have Quinn Hughes, and then there's – Everybody else, it's like three, third and fourth line guys that are going to play first line minutes. And have they really addressed getting a second guy that can eat minutes there? And can everything come together? Because I think that to me is one of their big weaknesses defensively. They just give up too much in their own end. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think, okay. And again, we're, we're, it's dangerous when you go on paper because on paper doesn't always translate on ice. Right. But obviously, Philip Ronick, when he came over last season from Detroit, he had a shoulder issue, didn't play right away, right away. You know, saw some games towards the end. He'll, you know, apparently be healthy and ready to rock and roll for a, a full season, attempt a full season. Um, right shot, the right side's been a mess. Yes. Um, Susie will probably slide over and play that side. He's, you know, he's a lefty. I mean, we think um, Tyler Myers is big, big boy still around. He's not going to, there's not going to create magic for you, but he is going to, he does create problems on his own end and he plays penalty kill. He's a big body. He's got the reach. And then Ian Cole, you bring in a veteran who has a cup on, on the other side. Uh, it's kind of funny. So, you know, cup teammates, Dumoulin's in Seattle now and Ian Cole is in, uh, is up the road to Vancouver, but I mean, on paper, they're they're improved. Um, Jack Rathbone, who was the the prospect du jour two years ago, probably again last year, still kind of hanging around. Did see games last season at the beginning. I think he played six at the start of the year, and it was like, no, he just still hasn't figured out the NHL game. And they had some injuries, and they were in the mop up at the end of the year. I think he played five more in March and into April. they were always hoping he'd be that next guy. He would be the replacement for OEL. But now Larson's gone. Rathbone's not ready. And they're plugging in these other guys. They'll give it a go. I think they're they're improved on paper. They got a little bit more balance with with Ronick, but um we'll see. We'll see. We're gonna, it, it, yeah, I wouldn't say it's gonna... Quinn I wouldn't say it's Quinn Hughes and everybody else, but it's to a degree, yes. It's yeah. Yeah. I mean, Quinn, he was just so much fun to watch. And, you know, look, you don't always want to see what happens with, with the Canucks sometimes just because, I mean, the stories that come out and that they like the whole mess you said with Boudreaux to this and Greener. And you mentioned Greener, right? Travis Green, associate coach now in New Jersey. You know, I know we're talking Canucks and, and cracking here, but, you know, I know I have a lot of people that listen, they're Devils fans. And then they saw Green's hire and they're like, oh, yeah, this is really good. You know, what can you tell? 
the Devils fans about Greener? What's he going to bring to Lindy Ruff's bench and help that team this year? Well, it sounds like he's running the power play. Um, so he didn't have a great power play his last season here when he started. That was part of their issues that first two months before he got fired. They just weren't very good on the man advantage. They struggled. But he's going to run that power play uh, for Lindy Ruff. Um, you know, he's just a solid guy. He's he's a kind of a quiet guy. I think the it's a good spot for him because he can focus on coaching. He can focus on the task at hand. He can focus on systems and getting his feel back for everything and getting back behind a bench because I, I almost feel like the Vancouver experience made him a bit paranoid. Um, the environment's a little bit toxic. The team in certain regards internally seems a little toxic. I can tell you that firsthand. The media environment is weird. Um, and I think he, I think he, he became a little bit paranoid. Um, and I, and that's, you know, all coaches are, you know, that's the whole yeah. upper body, lower body. It starts there. Yeah. But it, I mean, beyond that, you know, just like everybody's, and this whole team, the, the whole group is front office is paranoid. Like it's, everything's, oh God, it's top, you know, beyond normal. So he has an opportunity to really deep dive into his gig and, and really kind of reestablish himself, get that feel back. Cause he's basically been collecting paychecks for two years, which is not a bad thing. No, it's not. No, he's sitting around. He's traveling around. He's making money. Now he gets to focus on the task at hand. And he doesn't have to be Lindy. He doesn't have to be the head guy. He doesn't have to answer questions. He doesn't have to talk to anybody. He can just focus on his work. And he's been a very, he's been great with young players. He had great success with the Portland Winterhawks and the Western Hockey League before he got into the professional ranks. He was excellent with Utica and the American Hockey League, had success there with young players again, with prospects. And then, um, Tended, though, oddly enough, once he got the big show, tended to lean more on his vets and didn't necessarily give all the opportunities that you'd expect maybe to the younger guys. But that, of course, is situational. So I think it's just good for him to, to get get back at it. That's the bottom line. I think he'll he'll be a good addition. That's good to hear. Like I've always been a fan of Travis Green. And like you said, the environment in Vancouver is just weird. And it's, you know, it's like every... You know, talking with people about storylines, you know, we saw Matthews and the extension and, you know, Keith and all that stuff. It seems like some teams know how to handle that and just like, okay, or we've talked about it. It seems like in Vancouver, it just drags on like all the time about certain things. And I know obviously this year, like the big thing is going to be, well, PD and, you know, Connor Garland's name is always going to come up and guys like that. And, you know, we see it two guys before, you know, we wrap everything up, two guys, you know, that I've, like like on Vancouver, Kuzma, Andre Kuzmenko, I thought he's fit in very, very well. Yep. And what, you know, what did the Canucks expect after a guy like Niels Hoglander? I mean, I know we got a contract extension. This kid's got all the talent in the world, but it just seems like the development's just not there at that game, at that big level yet. Hey, by the way, Jim, before I answer the, the Hoglander question about Greener, too. Yeah. Great thing is aside from all of what I've said in terms of focusing on his gig. He's a great guy. Like he's just a good dude to hang around. He's a funny guy. He's a very pleasant guy to be around. Like he's just a good dude. By the way, a yeah. wicked, po- wicked poker player. Ooh. Like, well, I fit in New Jersey pretty good then. There's a lot, some, some poker there. So yeah, he's a hardcore card player, but he's, no, he's a great guy to hang out. Like I've, I shot like a little mini TV show with him once when he was playing for the Bruins about 15 years ago and it was a riot. But anyway, um, 
I just wanted to point that out because I, I'm happy for him that he gets to relax a little bit and not be the front and center guy when he's getting back into his gig. Hoaglander kind of two same only different with Rathbone. Only he's a forward. Is just figuring it out. Yeah. Like you said, he has all this talent. But for me, it's just a matter of figuring out the 200-foot game. And also, he used to get, I particularly remember two seasons ago when he get his opportunities, it's just like hot potato around the net. Like, he'd, he'd get scoring chances, and his grip of a stick. And it, he, he just couldn't finish because he's just, he's manic. He's all, he's all, he's like a water bug. He's, he's bouncing all over the place. Um, it's just a matter of controlling his game and being patient and learning all of his responsibilities and rules and learning that 200 foot game. I don't know where he's at. I don't know. I don't know where, where his head is at. Um, they have a similar thing with the Russian Vasily Podkolzin. Incredible shot. Oh. Strong player on his skates. Amazing strength on his skates. And it's the same thing. Just Kenny figured they got him kind of slotted bottom six. This is a guy I think they were hoping would be obviously higher than that. Kuzmenko, his, his countryman, is, as you mentioned, stepped in beautifully. What a nice acquisition. He was great re-signing. Great to have him around. Great personality. Pod Colson has a great personality. But again, he's just trying to, he's trying to figure out what, what he really is. And, and then uh, you got McKay married. Too. He's had a kid, by the way. Pod Colson, got, I think he was 19 when he got married and they just had wow. a baby like a few months, a month or two ago. So he's whew, taking it on. Yeah. Um, but. <clears throat> needs to figure out the the whole game. Yeah, and then obviously the another country guy, country mate, uh, Mikheyev, who came over in a signing from Toronto. I mean, obviously injuries last year, but I, I mean, what I saw of him in Vancouver was he fit into that lineup pretty good too. Yeah, known for his skating, but it'll be nice to see him get an opportunity where he can maybe have a clean slate, come out fresh, clean, healthy, and yeah, I'd love to see what he's capable of. That was a, that was an acquisition I was relatively excited about in terms of the, the skating ability and the, the skill level, the upside that really was stunted because of the kind of a rash, like a series of injuries when he was with the, the Leafs and the Marlies. So yeah, there's, there's an opportunity. He'll get an opportunity too. He'll probably play with Miller on, on the wing, um, maybe opposite Besser. Who knows? Uh, that That's the one thing that lineup is, the, the besides the fact that they brought in Pia Suter, the former Blackhawk and Red Wing, uh, to maybe center one of the bottom two lines, uh, that's in flux. The bottom six, not overwhelming. Um, plugging and playing. I, I mean, Rick Tockett's going to have some fun moving around things, moving the the chess pieces around up up top. There's no there is no etched in stone in this uh, Canucks line up each night at this point yeah no i know it's it's crazy i can't believe the season is right around the corner almost training camp september 20th kraken and canucks have uh they're they ever they're going to be involved in like these rookie tournaments as well uh the the kraken because they just don't have the depth in their organization yet after just entering their third season that they're not in one of the tournaments right um, they're on their own so it's a little dull for our coverage standpoint yeah. they're just kind of skating on their own for a couple of days before the big camp canucks are in a cool thing i was there for all of it last year i may go back i haven't figured it out yet quite yet i'm, I'm not sure if i'll do it or not but they're in what's essentially called the okanagan wine country southern okanagan in the central part of bc 
in Penticton, and they have a four-day event where they're going to skate a rookie round robin with the Winnipeg Jets, Edmonton Oilers, and Calgary Flames. Oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, it's cool. And the Canucks, so those those four will have that starting on uh, on September 15th. So, yeah, two different scenarios uh, completely as it relates to the rookies and what they get to experience that way. Hey, before I get you out of here, any other any other places you're looking at this year, any other teams that intrigue you this year? I know you mostly cover um, Seattle and Vancouver, but I know you always have your eye on the rest of the game and the rest of the league, but any teams intrigue you this year? Uh the team that intrigues me is the one that the banner that you're sitting in front of. And I'm not just saying that. Um, I know Fitzy. I've talked to uh, Tom Fitzgerald a little bit and we just talked about greener. I I would love to see them take that next step. I mean, and, and the funny thing is we just talked about the importance of goaltending. I mean, ad nauseum yeah. two years ago, they went through seven goalies. It was Too insane. Many. Destroyed their season. Absolutely ruined their season. Last year they find some stability, um, so now they've added. I mean, it's just the talent is terrifying. So, yeah, I, I, I'm really curious to see how it all fits together for for Fitzy and the boys. Um, who else has got me intrigued this season? The, the Pacific, the the California teams are a little bit of a mess. Uh, Pierre Luc Dubois in LA will be kind of interesting that really upgrades the middle and say Kopitar, I think it's like drank a gallon of something from the fountain of youth, like whatenever it was. Wow. Guy, yeah. Like, he <laughs> just keeps going. That California sun, man. Something, something about that sun. Yeah. So they got a pretty nice one, two punch in the middle and they're always kind of hovering around They, You know, it was supposed to be, I think even two years ago, it was supposed to be the Cali teams were all rebuilds, Anaheim, San Jose and LA. And then LA ends up making a playoff run or getting in. Um, the other two are still a mess. San Jose got a long way to go. Uh, Anaheim's figuring it Rough. out as well. But LA is an interesting one to watch out west. Uh, out east, I'm, I'm always, I watch the Red Wings quite a bit because that was my schoolboy team. Yep. So, you know, amazing. 25 years in the playoffs and then seven out. Oof. And I think there's, they're going to be hard pressed this year. I don't think they've got, they're not quite there yet. Uh, oddly enough, and I'll go back. People get sick of me saying this, but that 2018 draft, when you took Philip Zadina one pick ahead of Quinn Hughes, oh. and he's gone now. They waved him. He's gone. And I had fans going, oh, come on, you're screwed. This guy's going to be a 30-goal scorer. I go, oh, really? Where's he going to be a 30-goal scorer? In Grand Rapids? Quinn Hughes was next, uh, and he had two, two or three NHL-caliber defensemen right behind him. So that was a bad pick. But anyway. but you know what? It's never a guarantee. Nope. But they were in such desperate need of a D-man rebuilding-wise at that time, and they, they went with a winger, and it, uh, Zadina didn't work out. So now they have Moritz Sider. Uh, can you imagine? Oh, Moritz my God. Sider and Quinn Hughes. Oh, my God. It would have been lights out, problem solved, start – working on the forwards and figure out your goaltending. I don't know. Can I tell it's, you? It's, it's going to be crazy. That one um, set them back. Everybody, where can everybody find you and get your articles and chat with you? I know you're a bunch of places. Just let the listeners know and the viewers know. Well, there's two key spots. It's seattlehockeyinsider.com. 
And uh, I just did a fun thing on there with John Forsland, who's the national TV voice and also does the Kraken. We had a little breakdown of some pretty cool topics. Just on, It's on YouTube right now, but it's going to go on the site as well. The YouTube is at Simmerpuck. You can subscribe, but there's videos from the Canucks, from the NHL, and from uh, the, C- the Kraken on uh, at Simmerpuck, which is also my tw- my Twitter handle. Um, but SeattleHockeyInsider.com, uh, VancouverHockeyInsider.com. So those are easy to remember. Just plug the city in. And then you mentioned my book, No Heavy Lifting. That thing oh. hasn't been uh, – it's available online. But, yeah, it's been – it was just been three, three, four years ago. I'm actually working on a new book right now. Ooh. Fifth NHL book. It's a secret, but it's about a guy who's, it's about a Hall of Famer. So we'll, we'll, I'll jump back on with you to promote it, hopefully in a year. Absolutely. No, I hopefully get you on before that. I don't want to wait a year to promote a book. I, I love your hockey knowledge, your mind. It's great. Um, and it's a funny story, real quick. I found that book in a random bookstore in New York. I went into a random bookstore in New York and it was just sitting there. And I was like, I need this book. Yeah. I forget the name. I think it closed, but it was near the garden and the book was sitting right there on the shelf. And I was like, I need to read this book. Well, you know what? I was there for a signing. So in 2018, I went to 31 NHL buildings in 31 days in 31 cities, um, which is should have been in, I should have put in the Guinness Book of World Records. I just never got around to it. But no one's ever done it before or since, and it can't be done now because there's 32 teams. So I have to do it again. But anyway, on the on the 31 nights in 31 different cities in a row, I did a book signing at that store across from the garden. It's the famous Michael. Yeah, that guy. Yep. So um, they were really sweet, wonderful people, but. Had a book, had a handful of books. <clears throat> I did. I think I did about ten signings out of the thirty-one cities around the around the league. But um, it, I think it was. Well, it was pre-lockout. But anyway, that store used to be Cosby. Yes. Cosby Sports. Yep. It used, it used to be right in the garden as you walked in. Yep. And then when they did the huge renovation, they booted him and they moved him over to thirty-first, maybe. Thirty-first yeah. or thirtieth, around the corner from the garden. Yeah, so they they got moved out of the prime location. But yeah, they were great people. I appreciate that. That's that's funny. You're walking by and you're like, oh my god. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I went in the store. I was with some friends and I saw the book and I was like, hey, you know what? This is a great book. I've heard Robinson's name. Heard you on the radio. I was like, this is. I got to read this. I'm a hockey guy. I got to get this book. And to meet you at the draft and now have you on the podcast. And- just great hockey mind. I'm so glad we could connect and do this today. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate it. Yeah, there's some whacked stories in that book too. Yeah, there there <laughs> are. We, I mean, we could spend a whole a whole time on the just the book, uh, which we may do. But today we're just talking Seattle Kraken, Vancouver Canucks, and some other hockey in tidbits today. Rob Simpson, check him out. You heard it, Seattle Kraken Insider. Thank nope, nope, nope. Seattle well, he hockey. Is. Seattle Hockey Insider. Seattle Hockey Insider. And Vancouver Hockey Insider. Hockey Insider. Catch him there. Simmer Puck Online on Twitter, X, whatever it's called. Doesn't matter anymore. Uh, but Rob Simpson, thank you for joining the Full Press NHL podcast today. Jim, outstanding. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Look forward to seeing you down the road. Absolutely. 
Guys, check this out. iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. The offseason's almost over. Hockey's right around. Barry Trotz, Nashville Predators, making sure you're listening to Full Press Hockey Podcast. On the corner, enjoy the start of the season, everybody. Take care. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.